Hold on. Let me open this can first. <laughs> and go. Hey, all you nostalgic mice. Welcome to 9021 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of the Beverly Hills 90210 franchise from Fox to the CW. One of us is a 9021 expert and the other is a 9021 novice. I'm Kendra Mickles and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. I'm Nick Gunning and I've seen them all. Our show is brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. Other shows on the network include Previously on X-Men, This in Dorian Life, and 90s Music Got Me Like. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or Twitter at Here We Go Pod. And please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts. Today we're discussing Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Yes! No, Kendra, <laughs> don't get excited. Oh, man. That was a one-off Star Wars special. Oh, man. Uh, hey. Listen, well, first of all, guys, we're going to we're going to be discussing season 6 episode 5 Lover's Leap. But I have to tell you, Kendra, by coincidence, I rewatched The Phantom Menace, not in conjunction with us airing that episode or with Star Wars Day. It was just my son, we'd watched the original trilogy a while back and he wanted to watch more, so we started The Phantom Menace. I was weirdly okay with it. Yeah, cuz it's a good movie. I don't know. I just <laughs> There was something about it that it wasn't annoying like I remember. I, I like Sidious's whole plan of like, let's just make this these dumb idiots the backdrop for me doing a power grab. Clever. It's a good plan. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely clever. Uh I, I mean I think I think Jar Jar is still annoying and I yeah. think that Anakin is is, you know, his lines are what they are. Are um, you an angel? <laughs> are you Cringy. an elephant? Um Cringy. but uh other than that, I mean that the fight with Darth Maul at the end, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. still one of the best things yeah. in Star Wars. So, yep. I, and the music, I, I mean, it. the Duel of the Fates, classic. I don't think that I'm going to have the same reaction to Attack of the Clones because <laughs> I even even back in the well, no, when they first came out, I liked Attack of the Clones. Every time I've watched it since then, I was like, oh, this is the worst. This is the worst of the trilogy. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I was in love with Hayden Christensen when I first saw uh, wow. Attack of the Clones. So I overlooked many things. But the last time I watched it, I just remember being like, oh, these see- these romantic yeah. scenes on Naboo are just like the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> they are. They're so they're, boring. <laughs> they're rough and they're they're borderline creepy. Yeah. Hey, for more Star Wars talk, you can catch me every other week on This and Dorian Life, a Star Wars podcast for the Radio Meanwhile Network. Kendra, I know we usually talk about this at the end, but Eric Nichols, the person that you're married to, yeah. is going to be on the next episode. Yes, he is. Life. So, so exciting. Wow. Anyway, to recap, we're discussing Season 6, Episode 5, Lover's Leap. Speaking of my husband, Eric, uh, yes. we just posted some pretty hilarious 90210 yeah. memes that he made yes. on our Twitter. Yes. Um, he just kept sending them to me, and I just kept laughing hysterically. This, so This is my favorite thing that's happened. <laughs> we've, we've talked about this a lot, but Eric, Kendra's husband, has never seen 90210 other than walking <laughs> through a room, or he did one episode with us once. He doesn't know what the characters look like. He doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. You know, and he's also way behind. He listens to the podcast like a 1940s radio drama, <laughs> you know. And so I'll just be I'll just be walking along one day and he'll he'll be like he'll be like, Quesadillas will hold their shape on the dance floor. And I'm like, what are you talking about? 
And he's talking about the episode forever ago when the fire happened and they were serving Mexican food. And we were like, what terrible food to have at a dance party. But it's things like that all the time. Yeah. He will just text me deep cut references to episodes we recorded like a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what he's talking about, yeah. but it's a fun, uh, it's fun. It's a fun blast. From Keeps the us on our toes. Yeah. It does. It really does. <laughs> Season six, episode five, Lover's Leap, Kendra. All right, let's crack open the Condor. Condor is committed to professional standards and professional ethics. The weak need not apply. This episode aired on October 4th, 1995. A couple of birthdays to mention. October 4th, uh, Douglas Emerson, Scott, turned 21. October 11th, Trevor Donovan, who played Teddy in the CW years, turned 15. And... Oh, he was also in USS Christmas, Kendra. Never oh, forget. Oh, yes, of course. Never forget. Never forget. And uh, October, also October 11th, Luke Perry turned 29. He doesn't look a day over 40 in these episodes. He doesn't. He doesn't. Movies to mention, October, both of these came out on October 6th. The first one is Assassins, starring Sylvester Stallone and Antonio Banderas. Never seen it. It's written by the Wachowskis. Oh, well. Yeah. I mean, Antonio Banderas. There you go. I, I love him, so. Have you ever seen Tango and Cash? No. Tango and Cash is Stallone and uh, Kurt Russell and a very young Terry Hatcher. I loved this movie as a child. I don't know if it holds up. Also, why am I watching Tango and Cash as a child? I I know. You watch so many strange things as a child. I did it. Uh, The other movie is How to Make an American Quilt, starring Winona Ryder. Never seen this, but I definitely remember trailers and stuff. Sounds like fun. Yeah. (laughs) On TV, October 9th, Wishbone debuted. And the world was never the same. Yeah. Were you a big Wishbone fan? He had too many romances with human women. (laughs) Just something a little uncomfortable, I think, about the (laughs) the conceit of Wishbone, you know? (laughs) I loved Wishbone. All right. I, now I'm going to have the theme song stuck in my head because that's all I can think about. Come on, Wishbone. What's the story, Wishbone? What's the story, Wishbone? October 14th, Mad TV debuted. It would run for 329 episodes plus one 20th anniversary special and an eight-episode revival from the CW in 2016. What a bad idea (laughs) to revive Mad TV. I have never seen a second yeah, of Mad TV. That doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me, given your age. I do remember when I I don't I, I don't remember when it debuted, but I remembered because my buddies and I we were like super into Saturday Night Live. We'd like schedule sleepovers and stuff specifically. Like, oh, Tim has a little TV in his room. We'll go there so we can watch SNL. So like that was a thing. Mad TV started. I want to say it started at like eleven, so you could kind of watch the first half hour of Mad TV. And then it was something like that. Uh, and I remember thinking it was sort of like the naughtier, edgier one mm. at the time. I don't know if that's true, but that my childhood memories are that it was kind of like the naughty one. That makes sense. Anyway, Mad TV. Mad TV. Music. October 10th, we got a couple of albums that came out. Uh, the first one is Frampton Comes Alive 2 by Peter mm. Frampton. That's Ele- a bad Electric idea. Boogaloo. That's a pretty, I, I, I mean, Frampton Comes Alive, obviously classic album. Have you listened to that? I have not. It's a, the, the LP of it is the big like gatefold fold out and it's just like Frampton and all his like Frampton glory. Uh, you know, it's a legendary album. I don't know why you would do a second one in the mid nineties. That's a, 
I mean, Meatloaf got away with it, right, though? Like, Bad Outta Hell 2? That was, like, a yeah. nice thing. Yeah, sure. I don't know. My, the extent of my uh, Peter Frampton knowledge is based on the movie Sgt. Pepper's Lily Hearts Club Band. So. <laughs> oh, Which yes. you hated. I couldn't believe was, how much you guys it was, hated it. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad to have watched it. You know, you didn't but... watch it. I at one point I was the only one in the room. Everyone had walked away and was doing other things. No, I don't. Yes, think that's true. it was true. Well, it was not, true. That's not very good friending of me. <laughs> it's fine. I've showed you many movies that you have disliked. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, the next album, Insomniac by Green Day. Okay. We also got Time by Fleetwood Mac. Uh, October 11th, Up by Great Big C. It's one of my wife's favorite bands. Oh. So I, I know them through her. She's seen them live a bunch of times. She's a big Great Big C fan. And October 17th, Alive in America by Steely Dan. Yeah, and that's that's funny because I want to say it was last season, but there was a time when I, I, I think it was Steve, somebody had tickets to Steely Dan. And we were like, what? Why are you seeing Steely Dan in the 90s? <laughs> but Steely Dan did this tour. Yeah. Alive in America, and mm-hmm. that's what the gang saw. And here you go. You can listen to the album. Kendra, I did listen to the album. It's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. Oh, boy. If you want to see, like, Steely Dan hits of yesteryear sort of redone poorly with a 90s synth infusion, Alive in America by Steely Dan. I know one Steely Dan song, and it's reeling in the years. Yeah. <laughs> that's yep, the only yep. Steely Dan song I know. But my yeah, dad, my dad is a really big Steely Dan fan. I think I probably mentioned that when they when it came up. Do you think he spun a lot of Steely Dan? I as, bet he as did. His time during Midnight Master Luster <laughs> DJ. I bet days. he did. Yeah. Okay. I bet he did. Okay. Uh, all right. One other thing to mention: October third, O.J. Simpson was acquitted. The verdict yeah. was watched by 150 million people, including a 12-year-old me. Yeah. Everybody. We watched, we watched this in school. Wow. In school, Kendra. Wow. They like wheeled in a TV and they were like, let's watch the OJ verdict. And <laughs> Do you think it's because your teachers were like, I'm not missing this for these kids? I guess. <laughs> I, guess. I don't know. Crazy. Crazy. Nick, this is probably a good time for me to mention that they have been live streaming the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Oh my gosh. And yeah. I have been watching it every single day. They are, oh, that's not... they are off this week. So I've you. been like, what, what do I watch? I can't yeah. watch the, it's, it's great. It's crazy. Yeah. The trial is crazy. Yeah. And I've, I, it's awful. The whole thing is awful, but it has been very interesting to watch. Yeah. So if you're interested, they're going to be back uh, next week and they live stream it on Facebook and Twitch on the Law and Crime Network. So, and this the... Is- the uh, the final uh, verdict, fi- closing arguments are May 27th. So we still wow. have two more weeks. I did not anticipate you doing a full ad for the Johnny Heard, <laughs> Johnny Depp, Amber Heard trial. But I, here we you are. know, I didn't think that I would watch it, but I started watching it and I was just like, this is so, it, their stories are just so different. Yeah. The people that have test Paul Bettany is supposed to testify yeah. next week. Next week, they're cross-examining Amber Heard, and I just, it's going to be very interesting, so. I have to admit to pausing on Instagram to watch clips yeah. here and there, here yeah. and there. Hey, while we're talking about nonfiction TV to watch, my sister-in-law, Amanda Cox, who joined us on our I Want to Marry Ryan Banks episode a while back, 
just did an episode of a show that's on Discovery Plus called Evil Lives Here. I, I want to say the episode is called The Last Witness, and she played like a younger version of a, of the cop investigating the true crime in the flashbacks. And it was so cool to see her on, that on Discovery so Plus. That is so cool. Yeah, we'll put the link on Twitter or something like that. But uh, we yeah, know a go famous check out person. My sister-in-law. Yeah, that's right. She was my voice teacher. That's right. That's <laughs> For four right. years. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. All right, Nick, take us beyond the zip code. I will, Kendra, but I actually think you're the one taking us beyond the zip code this oh, time. Oh, yes. You had a, a sighting in the wild in of the wild. To an Iowa alum. Yes. Um, so this is uh, Psych. I've been rewatching okay. the show Psych. Okay. Um, in August of 2008, Mark Damon Espinoza appeared as Andre in season three, episode four of Psych, uh, titled The Greatest Adventure in the History of Basic Cable. I love that title. I I was totally into Psych when it was on. And then, I don't know, season five or so, we kind of stopped watching it. Like, for no reason. We just kind of stopped watching it. Uh, and I've revisited it maybe once or twice and, like, watched an episode or something. I've been like, yeah, that's Psych. And then I, I'm done. Like, I don't yeah, need more, I guess. I, I noticed that it – well, I found that all of it is on Prime Video to watch. Oh, and I was okay, like, okay. you know what? I've been wanting to do it. I'm going to do it because I know that I haven't seen all of it. And it is fine – it's a lot campier than I remember. Yeah. Like all the acting is just incredibly over the top. Yeah. And it's not balanced well for me by like, you know, the the crimes and the the mysteries yeah. are not very gritty. So it's basically just goofy. Yeah. Um so I don't know. Well, that was, that but it's was not USA's but it's brand not at the yeah. time, you know. It was like that and Burn Notice, Royal Pains. They were all kind of like chasing that same thing. Yeah. But it doesn't make me laugh enough. Mm. You know, I don't know. I I'm, I'm on season 3 as, you know, and this is where I saw Mark Damon Espinosa. Yeah. I was like, "Who is that?" And I like stopped what I was doing and actually watched. And I was like, "Oh my goodness, it's Jesse." Yep. <laughs> Yep, he showed yeah. up. The movies, the psych movies that they're doing and recently at our time of recording are on Peacock. Like that's where those new ones are at. And there's there's a book series by William Rapkin, and I've read a couple of them. The first one's called A Mind is a Terrible Thing to Waste. And it just demonstrates how impossible it is to take what is cool about psych and put it on the page because yeah. you're right. I mean, the, the crimes aren't super great. It's not hilarious or anything. The, I think the compelling thing is, is Dulé Hill and James Rodé Rodriguez, like their chemistry is just dynamite, you know, so they're just fun to watch. So trying to read that doesn't work so much. Yeah. So, I, I and Mark, Mark Damon that. Espinosa was not in the book. So, <laughs> well, there's your problem. Right I there. know. Yeah. All right, well, let's look at our synopsis for Lover's Leap. David continues to struggle with his concerns over his mom's mental health. He finds an unlikely friend in Valerie who is having frightening flashbacks to her father's own suicide. Tony decides to throw a dinner party at the Marchette house to get, the, to, get to know the gang. While there, Dylan sees a picture of Tony Sr. and his father, leading to a heart-to-heart -heart with a donut-loving Bruno. Finally, things heat up between Brandon and Susan and Steve and Claire. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Tender heart. What is it? Tender heart and... Cuddles. Cuddles. Okay. <laughs> Nick, All right. Nick, who's living in Beverly Hills? Today's episode was written by Ken Stringer, directed by Bethany Rooney. 
Uh, in our main cast members, we had a surprise cameo from Carol Potter. Yes, it was her actual her voice. Her actual voice. Valerie is reading an email. Because who doesn't have a full-size desktop set up on their kitchen table yeah. all the time? Yeah. Valerie's uh, Valerie gets an email from Cindy, and Carol Potter actually does the voiceover. So that was fun. First cool. time, uh, First time we get a Walsh parent back since uh, they left at the end of season five. Yes. Uh, as far as returning players, quite a few. Stanley Camel's back as Tony Marchette. Wesley Allen Gullick as Willie with dialogue again. Mm-hmm. Catherine Lagerfeld as Sheila Silver, Matthew Lawrence as Mel Silver, Rebecca Gayhart as Tony Marchette, and Cliff Wiseman as Bruno. Uh, elsewhere, we have Karen Hensel pops up as Sheila's doctor. I thought maybe we were going to see this character multiple times, but no, one and done on Karen Hensel. But she did several episodes of Star Trek across the different uh, series, lots of episodes of Young and the Restless, and Max Hedrum. So, okay. Yeah. Well- Let's get into the episode, That's shall it. we? Let's do it. Yeah, I'd love to. All right, we start uh, <laughs> with a dream, and it's always old you know, school. It's, old school. <laughs> it's always kind of like, how's this going to go when we see a dream in nine hundred two and zero? But um, we see this dream several times. It's Valerie. She's in like a long, like old timey pajamas, I guess. Yeah. Is what she's, like a dress. Yeah. You know, like a gown. Right. Right. And. Um, she's running down this hallway that looks straight out of Alice in Wonderland because it's got like the checkered, it's like white and black checkered uh, floor. And she runs down this long hallway and she gets to the door and she's trying to get in the door, but she can't get it open. And she wakes up screaming and Steve and Brandon both run in to see what's wrong because they both live there. And she tells them that she's fine. I did like that little moment of them both like popping in. I was yeah. like, right, because they live there. They all this live is together. The dynamic in the Walsh house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she tells them, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. Go back to sleep. After the intro, Dylan is picking up Tony to take her to class. And she invites him inside. Her father is out of town at the moment. Hmm. So she invites him inside to give him the tour of the house. They have a little moment where they talk about, you know, they both have a parent who's passed away, so they right. bond a little over that. And the difference being that Dylan's father did not kill Tony's mother. Right, so, right. You know. <laughs> little difference there. Yeah, subtle, but. Tony surprises Dylan by saying, hey, guess what? I invited all of your friends to dinner tonight, at, or tomorrow night, at my house. And they all said yes. So yeah, dinner weird. party. It's a bit of a flex from Tony. Yep. He is really not very into that, but it's it's too late. She's the die is cast. Yep. Then they go into her father's study, which is her favorite room in the house. Yeah. And while they're in there, I think it's is it on his desk that the picture is, or is it on a bookshelf? There's like a bookshelf sort of behind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Prominent, but prominent. I mean, he he has to look at this picture. Oh yeah. Uh, Dylan finds a picture of Tony with his father Jack. Yeah. And he's like, Weird. who's this guy in the picture? And Tony Dylan. Tony says, oh, I don't know. It's a friend of my dad's, I guess. Or her father. Everyone calls their dad father in this show. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I've course. ever referred to my dad that way. As father? <laughs> As father. No. Father. Except like in a joking way. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At the Peach Pit... Uh, the girls are talking about going to dinner at Tony's and how they think it's kind of weird that she invited them all over, but they, they're not wrong. They have to go. So 
Steve brings Claire some food. Oh. Um, they're, they're definitely getting more cuddly. They are. And they mentioned that David hasn't been around lately and that they're worried about him and his mom is apparently not doing well. At the hospital, David brings some flowers to his mom and she she's awake, but she's looking away from David. She's turned over yes. um, and she he keeps trying to talk to her, but she will not respond to him. Mel comes in and ushers David away, says to let her rest. Um, and he says, you know, I've seen she, this has happened with her before. You just need to give her some time. He asks about how David's doing with school. And David says, you know, how can I concentrate on school with with all this happening? And Mel's mm-hmm. like, well, I'm I'm living my life. You know, you just got to move on with your life. I feel like this episode is the worst example of how to treat help someone who is going oh, I agree. through depression Agreed. everyone's like yeah. david just get over it okay yeah. your mom you, is gonna kill herself to... or she won't <laughs> yeah just just don't be sad like yeah you know what I mean? just like yeah it's fine you're, just get you're over being it sad so don't <laughs> is my suggestion <laughs> david the doctor comes to talk to them and she suggests that they do a more aggressive treatment mainly electrotherapy yeah is this something i meant to like kind of do some research on this but i didn't get to it is this something that is done still today in 2022 i yes i i reached out to my sister-in-law dr allison young reeser who knows specifically about this thing it's her field because yes in my mind electroshock therapy is like you know everybody in white shirts in the 1950s as they're like zapping a housewife. So she's happy to not have her own dreams. (laughs) Right. Like that's electroshock therapy in my mind. But Allison said, no, in fact, like it is, it shows very positive results. She said, particularly in cases with really bad, like unresponsive depression. And so in this situation, that's maybe a, you know, a good suggestion, but she said that it's sort of underused because people have this stigma against it, thinking that it is just like, you know, some medieval, like put, put leeches on the crazy person. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. But apparently no, this is, this is legit. Cause I feel like, especially in the last, you know, like 10 years, mental health and like people dealing with depression have really, you know, risen to, you know, people, people are paying attention to it more now, but I never see people being like, wow, you're super depressed. Maybe you should get some electrotherapy. Like that's never a solution I see suggested. So that's very interesting. Yeah. Agreed. Um, There is a mortality rate. The doctor says of one in 20,000 pretty good odds. I mean, (laughs) Um, but yeah. David hears that and he's he's like, no, I'm against this. We're not doing that to my mom. That's a no. It's a no from David. I, and I suppose I was trying to figure it out because like Mel has no standing here. I mean, they're they're divorced. Mel's not her yeah. next of kin or whatever. We haven't seen any family show up. And David is like a legal adult. So if she can't make decisions for herself, it seems like David would sort of be. I, yeah, I think he position. would have. Yeah, I think he would have a bigger a bigger stake. She yeah. can't. I mean, later we find that she does have to give her permission yeah. bef- before they they do the procedure. Right. Then we go back to the campus, 
And Dylan is walking around and Brandon sees him and says, why don't you get a dorm room here? You're more, you're here more than I am (laughs) these days. (laughs) Uh, But of course, Dylan is waiting for Tony to get out of class so they can go to the beach. Dylan tells Brandon about the picture he saw in Tony's office of his father, which personally for me, if I thought someone murdered my father and then I snuck into their study years later and found a picture of the two of them prominently displayed. I don't know that I would, I think I would maybe be like, did he kill my dad or am I wrong about this? Yeah. And like, what, what, what we're going on? What Jack's old cellmate saying, I think it was Tony Marchette, you know? Yes. I mean, that's the extent of like the, well, uh, but he said, everybody knows who did it. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Everybody knows it was Tony. I guess. I don't know. It would call it into question when you when you've not seen anything yourself that indicates that you know it would yeah. definitely I would think but Dylan's just sort of like this sick animal. Yeah, <laughs> he keeps the picture around as a trophy. <laughs> Brandon then goes to talk to Valerie, who is ordering an espresso. Yeah, she it's says espresso. Espresso. That's not what it, it is, though. Make it a triple, Kendra. A triple, I'm, three X, triple X, espresso. <laughs> It's not though, right? That's, it's that's, espresso. That's, that's when Vin Diesel makes it. He is your espresso. <laughs> I just thought family. it. Uh, no, it's espresso. Okay. It's espresso. Okay. Cool. Because when she said it, I was like, "That's not right." But no one corrected her. So yeah. Um. So because she hasn't been sleeping, so that's why she needs right. some espresso. 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 Yeah. Brandon is on his way to meet Susan, and he tells Valerie that I guess things aren't progressing with Susan relationship-wise. What as, about his as... great lips? <laughs> yeah, they they didn't do the trick, I guess. At so he goes to the paper to see Susan, and <laughs> right before when he's talking to Valerie, he says he's going to invite her to the dinner. How could she say no? Of course. Hard cut to Susan saying no. 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 She's not going to go. She says the kiss was a moment of weakness for her and basically tells him, look, you can quit the paper and we can date or you can stay at the paper and we're going to not be Just with be each friends. other. Yeah. Just be friends. Yep. Yeah. Have he you ever al- dated someone you worked with, Kendra? I mean, I guess Eric and I both worked at the library. Yeah, that's right. In you college. Did. Wow. Office romance. Yeah. Office so. romance. <laughs> I I don't think we were in the library much at the same time. No, I don't though. think so. I don't think we no. like had shifts together or anything. Mm-hmm. So no. Brandon also gets her to admit that she is attracted to him. Mm-hmm. Yep. So in David's dorm room, Kelly and Donna are there to check on David. He doesn't really want to talk to them, but they come in his room anyway, and they ask about his mom and. Um, another scene of just them not being helpful. They tell him he needs to get on with his life, no. that he needs some help. Um, let us help you. You need help. And he I says, don't... well, maybe I'm crazy because my mom is crazy. I don't understand Kelly in this because uh, this season, as we've called out many times, they're being like, they are siblings. Mm-hmm. Never forget this. So I feel like Kelly should be more involved. And also... Kelly spent her teenage years taking care of her, like, you know, cocaine-addicted mother. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if anybody knows how to deal with hot mess moms, it's Kelly, who is his sister. 
Yeah. And she's not doing anything. She's no. not doing anything. She's just telling him that he needs to snap out of it no. and get on with his life. No. They all she's... act like it's crazy that he is depressed right now. Yep. And it's it's very weird. It's a very weird reaction. Kelly only has time to watch Colin paint and get pixie cuts. It's those two <laughs> things. And that's it. That's it. Her schedule is full. Brandon goes to see Susan in her dorm room, which is a palace. It is. As dorm rooms go. She's got it a sure she's is. got a bathroom inside her dorm room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Unheard she knows of. What's up. She knows what's up for sure. <laughs> so when he knocks on the door, she is just getting out of the shower. So she's like in a robe, her hair's all wet, and she tries to make an excuse, but she ends up letting Brandon in to the room. And he also comments on like, wow, you have a bathroom in your room. Yeah. Brandon then says, I quit. I quit the paper. Now you can come to dinner with me. Yeah. And she says, all right, you called my bluff. You don't have to quit. We can we can date. Yeah. It's and on. She, he also turns in an article that he wrote, which he says is on the value of persistence. And she oh. says, write what you know. Has he written anything that's not particularly like related to her personally? <laughs> write what you know. Yeah. This article is just called Susan Likes. Huh. <laughs> Things Susan Likes. I don't know. <laughs> At the Walsh house, Valerie is writing an email to Jim and Cindy and she's She's writing it silently, but we hear her narrating it. Right. Um, and it's basically saying that she's having a hard time emotionally because of what yeah. happened with uh, David's mom. Yeah. Brandon and Steve come back with groceries and they're, you know, oh, they're like very like upbeat. And they ask her if she wants an apple and she like sadly says no and walks away. Yeah. So Brandon goes to talk to her and... You know, she asked, do you remember my father? And she says that she doesn't really have any nice memories of her father anymore. Yeah. Like, she's just forgotten them all. She also says, which I guess we've never talked about this before, but that she is the one who found him after he committed suicide. And she mm. said, uh, you know, she described the scene, very gruesome yeah, uh, for a child to, yeah, to yeah. find. And she's, you know, she's crying and she says that, after that happened, she didn't sleep for a very long time. And now with this, everything that's happened with David, it's all like back again. And she, she's having a, a lot of trouble sleeping. She the also, time, the timeline with this is really murky. Like mm. the way they describe it, they make it sound like she was eight years old when it happened. But right. like it happened immediately before season five began. So we're mm. like a year away from this event. Yeah, which, which I I strange. guess I guess it that makes sense, like why it would affect her so yeah. much. Um, but yeah, they do kind of make it. I mean, she's not a little girl in the dream she's having, no, no. but it does make it seem like she was like a child. Yeah, it's they they play it like a repre a, a repressed childhood memory. It it almost it feels a little bit like a retcon and yeah. more on that as we discuss. But yeah. Valerie also says that she, the reason she can't go back home is because she thinks that her mom blames her for her dad's death. And she says that around the time she was, you know, just being, being Valerie, you know, kind mm -hmm. of a loose cannon rebel, you know, doing all sorts of things she shouldn't have been doing. So that part, she was definitely a teenager. Right. But yeah, it, it's weird how they describe it. But, um, 
yeah, so a little bit little bit more backstory there for Valerie. And she decides she's going to try and sleep on the couch yep. that night. At the student union, uh, the gang is coming out of a movie, and it is very apropos. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah. <laughs> Almost insensitive. <it's> yeah. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> yeah. Almost. Ray, this is like the only time we see Ray this whole episode, right? In this yeah, because yeah, there's an excuse for him not being there later. Yes. He says, nobody does crazy better than Nicholson. Which, I don't know. Luke Cage is pretty crazy, too, in movies. I feel like... Luke, Luke Cage, I'm Marvel sorry. hero Luke Nick Cage. Cage. Hero, Nick Cage. Hero for hire. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know why I said that? Because this morning, Eric and I were talking about how Nick Cage took the name Cage oh, that's true. from Luke Cage because yeah. he didn't want to be Co- Coppola is his yeah, last right. name and he didn't right. want to have that name. Yep. Anyway, Nick Cage. David is getting some snacks and the game tries to get him to join them and he says no, he just, you know, he has stuff to do. He doesn't want to hang yeah. out. And people are just so like, well, we tried. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, Claire says if he doesn't snap out of it, he's going to find himself in a cuckoo's nest. Like, yeah. so Super insensitive. Cool. To be fair, she's a recent ex. His yeah. more long ago ex, Donna, is the only one who's really expressing much interest at all. But even she's yeah. like, David, come on. Oh, yeah, Kelly fine. Kelly is like, I don't know. We've tried. Yeah. What do we do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, we get another dream uh, from Valerie. Same thing, running down the hall, trying to yeah. open the door. But this time she does open the door. We see her dad on the floor. Um, the blood is the only color yeah. in, in the dream, the red blood. Yeah. Um, and she wakes up screaming and crying and Brandon run, runs down and, and, you know, hugs her and she doesn't want him to, to stop hugging yeah. her as she's crying. I thought that was kind of startling. I don't know, the red blood and the gun and everything and like her finding her dad. Would that be on network TV today? A little I tr- very triggering. Yeah, could, it is. Could be very triggering. So. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I, thought I don't know. At the time, it was just like, oh, look at this like sort of macabre scene, you know, but it's like, I don't think they do that now. Yeah, I, I, I probably know. agree. At Tony's house the next day, she is, Tony is talking with Bruno and Bruno is, he's not on the Dylan train. No, yet. he's not. He's still no. very worried, says that her father is not going to, there's things about Dylan that he's not going to like. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, don't tell him then. Simple as that. Then Tony Sr. calls Tony Jr. to say right. that he <laughs> misses her and that he will be home the next night. He just seems like a loving father. He does. So nice. Got a picture <laughs> of Jack McKay. Do you think every like every picture in the house is a picture of someone he murdered? Do you think it was <laughs> that would be that would be pretty, pretty sinister. It would. <laughs> Tony's like, yeah, there's all these pictures, but I've never seen these yeah. people before. Yeah. When did my dad meet JFK? Weird. <laughs> Dylan is waiting for her by the pool. He wants to go to the beach. She wants to blow off getting ready for this dinner. And they, uh, they make out by the pool while Bruno mm. just shakes his head watching from the window. Yes. Boy, at the peach pit, Nat and Willie. This what a fun little subplot yeah, this is. They're, I know they got they got the David Clare plot from season five. <laughs> They're trying to catch a mouse. Yeah. 
Um, which made yeah. me think, like, what if we did a mousetrap movie, but with Nat and Willie? And I think that'd, okay. be, that'd be really funny. I think it would be, yeah. <laughs> Steve brings Claire some coffee while she's looking over his math homework, which it seems he's improving. Her tutoring mm. is actually working. Mm-hmm. He's got his arm around her while she's looking at the homework, and he goes to take it away, but she tells him not to. She likes uh, she likes his arm around her. Cleaning up. He that she then invites, you know, asks, "Are you going to the dinner party with anyone?" And he says, "I'm going with someone named Cuddles or something. Right. I don't know." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a little flirty moment. Yeah. And then she asks if he's playing footsie with her, and he says no. So she looks down, and there's a mouse on her foot. Oh, no. And Nat and Willie accidentally tied their shoelaces together. <laughs> ah! ah! Crash. Pot's falling off. <laughs> At David's dorm room, Mel is wanting to talk with him because, as I said earlier, they have to get his mom's permission to do this electrotherapy. So he wants David to try and convince his mom to get the procedure done. David is still very against it. Another scene on how not to treat a depressed person. He, Mel says, this isn't about you, David. (laughs) (laughs) Stop making everything about you. Are you going to back me up on this or not? Right. Yeah. In this episode, Mel is like tough love, caring father. Sometimes he's, we're supposed to believe he's like philandering ladies, man. (laughs) (laughs) they love him women love mel and he loves them (laughs) okay it is dinner party time colin and kelly arrive and kelly is wearing a very cute sexy red dress uh, but it's shorter every every male guest in attendance is her ex-boyfriend i just want to throw that out yep she's dated them all steve said that this house makes them look like they're from the wrong side of the tracks oh yeah because it's a huge mansion Big, big old house. Susan makes a comment to Brandon that Kelly kind of makes her self-conscious because she's so gorgeous and he dated her before. Tony asks Dylan what he thinks of Kelly and he says, I didn't even notice because I'm too busy looking at you. Donna arrives and says that Ray couldn't pick her up for the dinner because he's stuck in traffic, but that he will be there soon. Mm. And they ask where David is and Tony says that he said he's sick, so he's not coming. Colin then points out a sculpture and he knows the artist that made it or whatever. And Claire gives this whole spiel about like, (laughs) about the art and how it, oh, the shape of it does this and that. And Steve's like, what does that mean? And she says, it means I'm horny. (laughs) (laughs) Classic Claire. That's a Clarism. So Dylan sneaks away while everyone's talking and Bruno catches him in Tony Sr.'s office. Yeah. Looking through papers. Dylan decides to kind of come clean a little bit. He picks up the picture and says, you know, this is my dad in this picture. Bruno knows. He says that Tony knows. Tony Sr. knows, but that Tony, the girl, does not know. Bruno also says that he met Jack and that he always... Jack was aces with him. Yeah, he was always good to him. This is almost uh, Donna-esque in the way, like, all the Mm. men are just talking about this secret. I mean, Dylan has just told Tony that he's like, who's this guy? I don't know him. (laughs) 
And now he's telling Bruno. I mean, it's just everybody knows this. It's weird. It's a weird move. Yeah. Bruno tells him that Antonia is like a daughter to him. So he better not hurt her. I don't know. I don't know how he's not going to hurt her at this no, point. No, 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 no. No, it's impossible. Valerie comes to see David at his dorm room and tells him about her dad, which I guess he didn't know. I thought everyone knew because remember when she first got there, everyone, wasn't it Kelly who was going around being like, yeah, her dad just killed himself. Yeah. <laughs> so at least Donna, at least, at least she told Donna. I, I don't know if, how far it went. I thought yeah. everybody knew, but apparently David didn't know. So he says, you know, She's like, I, I really do know how you feel because this just happened to me. Yeah. And tells him that he she wants to take him somewhere. So they're going to go for a ride. So they get to this, like, overlook. It's overlook. It's like there's a fence and it overlooks the highway. Right. And at first, Valerie is, like, trying to make small talk about the mouse at the peach pit. But David is like, what are we doing here? So she... This is also, this is, I don't know about this scene. She hops the fence to the other side of this overlook and is like looking down on the traffic below. Yeah. And David joins her and she basically says, you know, if you're ready to end it, here you go. Like this, I come here sometimes when I'm just like so sad about my dad and I, I need a gut check is what she says. To see, like, am I, do I still want to keep living? Yeah. And it, David it says that he doesn't want to die. It doesn't really speak to the issue that David's struggling with, I don't think. No, it's like, the issue wasn't that he personally was suicidal. The issue right. is that he's depressed and worried about his like, mom. Doesn't know how to handle his mom's yeah. illness. And yeah. Valerie's like, well, maybe jump off this ledge. <laughs> oh, you don't want like, to. Like, what if he had... <laughs> What if he had? What if that had backfired on her and he had jumped? Yeah. Yeah, I don't really... I mean, I get that we're trying to bond these two characters, but this didn't really gel to me. When David was like, I don't want to die, I was like, were you considering dying? Yeah, that was not made clear. No. That was not made clear at all. So they have a hug. They're they're BFFs now. Yep. They got a hug. At the Peach Pit, it is post-dinner party, and they're at the Peach Pit for some coffee, the whole gang. Brandon tells Dylan that he needs to tell Tony the truth about everything, and he says that he's going to, but he's waiting for the right moment. Mm. Mm -hmm. We hear the mousetrap go off, and Nat thinks maybe they caught the mouse, but they didn't. And then we have this weird random scene where Donna's like, I'll catch the mouse. And she like snow whites the mouse into her hand yeah. and puts it outside. Yeah. I didn't I didn't get that at all. It was so weird. She's just like, here, mousey. And it jumps in her hand and she puts it outside. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then- while she's doing this, I was like. My girl, you have rabies. Yeah. <laughs> you got rabies right Put now. Put on some gloves. I mean, there yes. has to be some gloves. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you need treatment. But Nat says that Donna is his hero, and then Willie says, you're my hero, Nat. <laughs> Which is such huh. a weird line. That whole the scene end. was weird. Yeah, it was weird. At Kelly Donna Claire's, Steve is dropping off Claire and they have a little flirty flirty and then they kiss. Woo! A plus on the kiss, says Claire. Kiss. Every, yeah. Everyone in the show. 
Such good yeah. kissers. Good kissers. Good yep. lips. Good kissers. Yep. 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 And this is, remember, because we got a little hint of Steve Claire back in the real world episode. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. Yep. And here we see. We see some Frenchin. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here for it. Not the yeah. Frenching, but Steve and Claire. Yeah. Oh, okay. Together. Okay. Got it. David and Valerie go to the hospital so David can talk to his mom. And he says that he's nervous, but he thanks Valerie for dragging him out of the house because who knows what he would have done if he had stayed alone. Probably listened to music. Yeah. So he goes into his mom's room and tells her, you know, just listen to what I have to say and that he wants her to live. And, you know, he gives this whole speech about how much he loves her. He wants her to live and be there for when he has kids and growing up and um, asks if he will, if she will do the electrotherapy for him. And she finally turns over and talks to him and asks if he will be there when she wakes up. And he says yes. At Colin's house, we get a little scene with... Colin telling Kelly how beautiful she was and how all the guys in the room know how beautiful knew how beautiful she was and he also says I love you. Is that the first time he said that? I I it felt like the first I love you. Yeah. It did. It did. And he asked her to stay the night and she says she brought her toothbrush. So perfect. She set. Yep. At the Walsh house, Valerie is silently reading an email from Cindy, but we hear the lovely Carol, Carol Potter's Potter. voice. She's back, phoned it in. She's saying that she's sorry that, you know, Valerie's going through this tough time, but, you know, that everything will be okay, basically. It was, uh, I was kind of, I was, I didn't remember this, so I was surprised that, that we got that. It was nice. I don't know that it was, strictly speaking, necessary. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, would we have missed it if that didn't happen? No, but I, you know, nice touch that it did. I Yes, nice touch. Brandon is back from the party and Valerie tries to get him to spill the beans about Susan, but he his lips are sealed. And Valerie says that she is going to bed and that she's probably going to get some sleep tonight. Mm-hmm. And the last scene of the episode is she's running down the hallway in her dream. She's running down the hallway, trying to get the door open. The door opens and David is on the other side. And he says, you don't have to be afraid anymore. And then Andrea walks by on a tightrope behind (laughs) them. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, Mm -hmm. good. Just making sure. (laughs) And that's the episode. Just making sure. Okay, Kendra, what's your verdict? I don't know. I was just so frustrated by how everyone was treating David the whole episode. And that was most of the episode. So I guess I'd have to give it a thumbs down for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I see that. I feel like also the, uh, I mean, how do you feel about the Dylan Tony stuff? Like I know where we're going, but even with that, I'm kind of like enough with this, like, like lying about, you don't know who Jack is and everything. It's like, you can't come back from that. Yeah. Realistically. I, I mean, I think that he, I guess, I I guess he really likes her, but he also is, you know, in the middle of this plot to kill her father. So I just, I hope it doesn't drag out for too much longer. I feel like we're kind of reaching the point where something needs to happen. Yeah, it has to happen. Well, everybody Um, knows now. I mean, like everybody in the world except for Tony knows what's going on. Yeah. So So hopefully next episode or two, we we get some 
some movement with that plot. Okay. okay. Um, but I yeah. love I love Steve Clare. Excited yeah, to see fun. where that goes. That um, you know, Colin, whatever. We didn't get much of him. Didn't get right. like any Ray this episode. Yeah. So. He likes Jack Nicholson. That's yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the the Susan Brandon thing, I think they have good chemistry. I don't know how interesting that relationship is, but. Yeah, know, I think now I like that Brandon like they're. On, you know? mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe now that they're more together, we can yeah, s- see some different stuff. With them. Did you have a 90210 snap this episode? Nothing really stood out to me as like, this is the moment, you know. I guess it would have to be that scene with Valerie and David where they're yeah. looking over the traffic. Yeah, but that's unearned, and I always hate that. Yeah. It's like, nothing got us to this point, so here we are. But yes, all right, fine, I'll agree with you on that. <laughs> I will right. agree with you on that. All right, well, next time we're going to be talking Season 6, Episode 6, Beachless. But until then, you can find me every other week on How's Things, the podcast and radio show from the David A. Howe Public Library. It's my day job, Kendra. <laughs> it sure is. What about you? What are you, what are you up to? I am Miss Musicbox91 on Twitter, and I have another podcast called 90s Music Got Me Like, where me and my husband, Eric, talk about 90s music. And yeah. coming up, we're going to be talking about Genie in a Bottle by Christina Aguilera. Wow. Okay. So hop on over there. Yeah. Fun. Fun. I just listen. I'm I'm behind. I'm a little behind. And this morning I was listening to Little Miss Can't Be Wrong. Oh, Pretty, nice. That, that was a that was a fun episode. Nice. It well, it kind of seems like some sometimes we will get two in a row out, and yeah. then but a lot of times it's <laughs> we have like a week break in between. Yeah. So that gives yeah. you that gives you time to catch a up. little time to catch up. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, Kendra. Then with that, I bid you a nine zero two one. Here we go. <laughs> and to you. Thank you.